What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. This is Sammy here um, coming in hot with a solo episode, Um, excuse me, solo co-hosted, but I have two guests that are actually on today's podcast with me. And this was such a special episode, truly near and dear to my heart, because these are two of my clients that I've worked with since January of 2020. I actually had their first call with me was in December of 2019. And um, they went through our first round of group virtual group coaching that we ever offered and um, have continued into one-on-one coaching. And so I've worked with them for over uh, a year. And we, this episode is so, so special because I actually, I ambushed them with their permission, um, and went back to their initial paperwork. Like before they ever worked with me, I have every client fill out some paperwork of, you know, what's your current relationship with food? What's your current relationship with your body? Like, and I asked them just straight up, can we, can I read these answers on air and you respond? And they like, think about it. They wrote these answers so long ago, like over a year ago. So they had no idea what they had said. And it was, it was such a beautiful episode to connect with these two ladies who they've already been connected in a group. So they know each other so well, they've supported each other through their, their food freedom journeys. And, um, just so, so thankful for the conversation that you get to see. And, and then they, we, we wrap it all up with a bow at the end where they, they give you their current relationship with food and kind of what, what they're currently experiencing with food and their body. And I just thought it was such a beautiful transition of their starting point, how it is now. And then everywhere in between, we talk a lot about weight stigma. Um, we talk a lot about health related to intuitive eating, Um, so there's, there's so much good information in here and, and I'm just so thankful that clients of ours are, are so open to talking about their journey with food freedom, because they say it on here. I know I've said it a million times, but when you're starting the intuitive eating process or when you're thinking about starting it, it is so, so, so scary. Um, because the thought of making peace with food or the thought of having the, you know, permission to eat whatever you want can be so scary if you've come from a life of dieting and and diet trauma. So these gals have been through the fine food freedom programming. They've walked through our group coaching. They've walked through one-on-one coaching. They've, they've 
supported each other for over a year now by the time this episode airs. And, and so I'm so excited for you to just hear such an honest conversation. So I'm going to stop rambling now. Um, but I hope you enjoy this episode. If you're not already, please make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please, please, please go right now, go rate, review, send it to a friend, um, whatever you can do to spread this message. We so appreciate, we're so happy you're here. Um, let's just dive right in. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm flying solo without my co-host, but I do have two lovely ladies with me, two members of the Fine Food Freedom family, two of our past um, clients, or I guess one slash current, um, but have been with us since January. So welcome to the podcast, Miss Tiffany and Stacy. Hello. Hello, guys. <laughs> So happy to do this tonight. And um, for anybody who's listening, they may have already been familiar with your stories if they've checked out. Um, both of these ladies have been on our Instagram all over. Your your stories are on our website. I've definitely sent them out an email. So you are basically like the fine food freedom spokeswomen. Um, so it's only right to have you on the podcast today. Um, but we're just going to jump right in and... Um, I, before I hit record, I asked these ladies, I said, I pulled their, their applications from when they applied to work, uh, with fine food freedom. That was back in January. I actually technically spoke with you guys first. I think that was December of 2019. And we started working together January, 2020. Um, and so I pulled some info and I had pulled out when I asked you ladies, what is your relationship with food like from your old intake form? So I have your then, and then I would love for you to share with everyone your now. Um, for those also listening, both of you, I know came from the Heather McMahon podcast. So I feel like there's just like a vibe going on here. I was expecting both of you to have your, your cheetah or leopard present. Um, but I feel like that whole group that we started in January, so many people came from the Heather McMahon podcast because I had aired on her podcast in December. So it was just such a fun group. So I'm excited for tonight's conversation. Um, so I'm going to, I want to get started. I'm going to pass it. I'm going to read Tiffany's first just because it's located on the top here. So um, they're not very long at all. But so this is Tiffany. These are Tiffany's words from January 2020. When okay. I said, what okay. is your current relationship with food like and why? And Tiffany's answer reads, my current relationship with food centers around shame, shame of eating, shame of not eating, shame of being hungry. I have worked with a therapist to get to this point and learning that I need a better relationship with food. Wow. Tiffany, I mean, it's crazy cry. for me. I, know. I, I was just, I just started getting like teary-eyed reading it, knowing you're here. Like I read them before we started, but now it's like hitting harder. Yeah, I know because it's crazy to think that that was just a year ago that I wrote those words. And the fact that those words were exactly how I felt. And that was like 39 years of 
of how I felt about food. And the fact that that is not how I feel about food now is crazy to me because being able to decouple shame from food has been the most freeing part of this entire journey. And I, I, the reason I originally started this program was, I mean, I was turning 39 and I'm like, you know what, going into my 39th year and going into turning 40, I want to be in a smaller body. That was what I thought I wanted because that's what we all think. Like 2020, God, who thought when we said the words 2020, it would be the shit show that it was. But regardless, like going into 2020, I'm like, I'm going to do what we all think we're going to do. I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on another diet. I'm going to try to get into a smaller body before I turn 40. And I heard your podcast with Heather McMahon and I'm like, I need to talk to her because after working through, like working with my therapist, I started talking to her and I had walked by a a bakery in Chicago and somebody was eating a cupcake, a cupcake, simple thing. And I remember telling her, it's like, I wish that I could sit down and eat a cupcake and not feel guilty about it. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I wasn't therapy, so maybe, I don't know. And she goes, you know, you can do that. And I sat there for a minute and I was like, no, I can't. I can't do that. Not in my mind can I do that. And so when I heard it's kind of, it was kind of fortuitous because then after that, your podcast came out and I was like, well, maybe I should talk to her. And I started following you on Instagram and I, you, you talked about the, the fine food freedom. It was break diet rules at the time. Love your rebrand as a marketer, love rebranding. <laughs> um, and I was like, I need to talk to her about this. And so my mindset quickly changed from wanting to get into a smaller body to quickly learning that I needed to change my relationship with food and understanding that we have relationships with food just like we have relationships with our parents just like we have relationships with our friends we have relationships with our with food we have relationships with our body and i had a very messed up relationships with both of those things and so hearing that those words now I want to go back to 2019 Tiffany and tell her that there is light at the end of that shameful tunnel and that you can find peace with food by just simply eating food so I can't I mean that's that seems like a lifetime ago it really does it does seem like a lifetime ago that I wrote those words down I'm, I'm like literally getting all the feels over here. And I like, cause Tiffany, you and I had a one-on-one session last night. And like, I, obviously I don't look back at your guys intake forms from January often. Like there's no need because I'm looking at our most recent notes and whatnot, but that, that is crazy to me that that was in 2020 that you wrote those words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so crazy because I mean, in Stacey, you and I have talked about this too in our groups that 
just like, again, body, food, movement are all these things that we have relationships with. And society has tied a very shameful relationship to all of all three of those things. So if you don't move a certain way, if you don't eat a certain way, you don't look a certain way, then then you're you're meant to feel a certain shame about that. And and that was growing up in the, the era that we did, it 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 scars you in a lot of ways. And for me, going back through and Sammy, you made me do this. And I'm so glad that you did like walking through, like, when did this start for you? It starts very young, <laughs> younger than you think it does. So going back in, like it, doing all of this work, it's, it's, it's a painful, it's not easy. I think we've said that in group many times, like this is not an easy walk. Like you think going and eating and like, changing your relationship with food is going to be this easy thing to do. It is not because you're diving deep into a relationship that is very, very broken. And when you dive into a broken relationship, just like any broken relationship, it's hard. But once you fix it, it's very freeing. So that's just been, again, hearing those words, I, I just, I can't even... I can't even believe that was a year ago. So, well, thank you for sharing that with us. And I think what so it what I'm I'm loving is that that was kind of really like your raw reaction to that. And so I want to do the same thing with Stacy. And then I guess you're both going to have a little time to kind of think about it while I say this. But then I want to go back and ask what is your like that same question if you had to describe it now like what is your relationship with food and why how would you describe it so I'm gonna wait because I want to go to Stacy next and see like just your reaction to to what I read um and then we'll 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 find the current relationship with food I feel so, really cringy already I just need to I just need to say that out shake loud it up. yeah I have like my hands are kind of sweaty <laughs> And again, there is, there is no shame in these answers. It's this, if anything, I feel like I just want to like cry and go hug you guys. Like, but it makes me feel so happy. Like I already know that like, these are not your current relationships with food. So, but it, it's crazy that, that these were in this year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Stacy's reads, it's a little longer, but not, it's not too long. Don't worry. Um, my current relationship with food feels pleasant as long as I follow all of the restrictions and guidelines that I've set up for myself. I can restrict myself from entire food groups for very long periods of time and be air quotes fine. I haven't eaten fruit in nine years. This is where the air quotes pleasant feeling comes in. However, as soon as I step out of the guidelines, I start to feel very guilty and anxious or like I'm giving up on myself and letting go. I know that I tie emotions to food, mostly happy emotions, and I'm also a boredom eater. Food takes a significant amount of my mental space every single day, which also makes me anxious. This is how I know that my relationship with food is actually unpleasant and not pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> when as you said that I remember I I filled out the application like 
75 times before I ever actually sent it in. I remember you telling me that. <laughs> but that was, um, that question was hard for me to answer at that time because in my own mind, I was doing it right. You know, I was like, well, I've got such a good handle on it. I was so in control, if you will, as step by step, day by day, what I was doing, it was super mechanical as long as I kept it that, but that's like, that's a lot. I mean, even just hearing that, like that's the brain of someone who was under a lot of food stress. <laughs> that many air quotes in, in that paragraph. <laughs> that's a lot going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's so far from who I am now. And I can't, it's amazing to me. Um, that have, having to have that much control over what I was doing and the way I was living for so long, it was so stressful, so stressful. And it just added a whole nother level of the potential of failure to my life when Lord knows in life, there's already so much potential for failure in so many aspects of life that why would you put that on something that's so normal, so everyday, and you actually, your body has to have it to live. And, you know, to, it, it's just, I feel like, a. this sounds terrible, I feel like an insane person wrote that. <laughs> But I felt like an insane person a lot of the times when I did, you know, it was, it was one of the, these things where in my life, then I was just thinking about this the other day, I was thinking about being hangry and how, like, when I get hungry, it's like a flip of a switch and I go from, okay, I'm hungry to I'm a raging bitch. I don't mean to, it's just who I am. Like it's who I am. And I, back when I wrote that, I would experience that multiple times a day. I mean, where people would look at me and say, people closest to me, we need to get you some food. Like that it was a problem that was affecting relationships. And I was just thinking the other day and I was like, you know, I could probably count on one hand, the number of times I've literally been hangry, like hangry bitch lady, in the last three months, because it just doesn't happen to me anymore. It's like this whole new personality almost that's come with it, you know? And I never knew I was that miserable then. I mean, obviously I knew a little bit. I knew a little bit enough to know that I needed something in my life. I needed to change something or I was gonna drive myself absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm but I didn't know I needed it as much as I do now when I look back at that person then. Right. So, yeah. It's, right. yeah, it's, it's so crazy to see those, those two ladies that wrote that versus the ladies that I know now and to see that transformation. And, and I, I also just want to say for, cause I know your, your mess or your answer specifically, Stacey had a little bit more like detailed habits and behaviors in it. And again, those are things that diet culture praises, right? So like mm -hmm. 
it, we think we are air quotes doing good or being good, or we do get a high from achieving some of these things. And so it may, it does make us feel insane when we're in that. And I can relate so much to this because I lived like eight years of my life in a similar pattern. And, um, so I just want to validate that, that like, it can feel crazy when we're doing that. And the, um, the craziest part about it was, is I was in the smallest body I'd ever been in as an adult. And yet I still wasn't happy. Right. <laughs> it did not make me happy. It was it fun. Yeah. Was it fun to shop for clothes? Was it fun to, you know, sure. But in the end, like deep down inside my soul at the end of the day, it did nothing to fulfill me as a person and who I am as a human to, to be in, in a smaller body like that. Nothing. If anything, it just made me tired and stressed me out. (laughs) And honestly, sometimes it caused, it caused more problems in my life because I had not always been in a small body. So I don't, sometimes when people make that transition and they, they kind of lose who they are and life almost becomes about that small body and you start finding this validation of, you know, you, that's where you find your pride. Oh, I'm so proud of this. And everybody's so proud of me and I look good and, you know, people compliment me and it's amazing how, when you lose yourself and who you are, you can kind of start making some (laughs) questionable decisions in your life. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much more to dieting and diet culture than just the size of your body. There's more that can be affected by that. Right. And I think we talk a lot about that in the group is that there is always this perception that if you're in a smaller body, that means you're immediately healthy. And that there's always this perception that, oh, because you're in a larger body, you're unhealthy. And that kind of stigma has to be torn away. And And I always felt a lot of guilt about guilt and shame again, about the size of my body, because people would assume if I were bigger or smaller, that I was healthier, unhealthier, healthier, unhealthy. And I was like, how do you know anything about my health just based off looking at me? So it's, that's always just been such a, such a, pain point for anyone I it's particularly women any woman that has to deal with that like it's just so frustrating to to see and I mean I know women who are in a smaller body and are and are not healthy and growing up I experienced that and it was very frustrating because I was always judged on being in a bigger body and being chubby, using quotes, but being chubbier and and at a very young age being being restricted and being put on a diet. And like, that's when your relationship with food starts. And then it just carries through your entire life. And here I am at 40 years old, still having these conversations <laughs> about food. And it's like, we have to break the cycle 
on how we talk to kids, especially women and especially girls about food and their body. Because this cycle that we teach girls has to be stopped because I don't want, if I ever have a child, if I have a daughter, her to be sitting here at 40 years old talking about how she, like, and, and look, it was nothing that my mother did. It was nothing that they did on purpose. It's just the society that taught them that because I was in a chubbier body that I must, there must be something health-wise wrong with me. So I think it, I mean, Stacey, I, I hear you. It's just, it's just insane that we kind of live in this cyclical pattern of, of dieting and, and people being, oh, I'm so proud of you. You lost weight. I mean, yeah, I, like I, that happened to me. I remember this very vividly in ninth grade. Oh, you lost weight. I had my wisdom teeth removed and couldn't eat for three weeks. Of course I lost weight. And I remember thinking, well, shit, maybe I should get my wisdom teeth removed every summer and lose 15 pounds because I wasn't eating. Like how messed up is that? Like these are things that you think about and then then shape your entire being for, for your adulthood. And it doesn't make us weak. It doesn't make us like, anything like that it just is how society shapes us so you know something that i noticed more since going through this program that either it just wasn't something that stuck out to me before because i wasn't in the right in the the mindset for it to you know raise any attention but it may i watch on my social media just with my friends you know they're mostly local people and every day, it makes me so sad. It's, and especially women, we are so mean to ourselves. Every single day, I scroll through my feed and at least one, if not more, I see posts of somebody talking about how, oh, I need to get back on track. I'm so fat. I mean, they say I'm so fat. Like, oh my gosh. If, if you can't be nice to yourself, like you can't depend on other people to be nice to you. I don't care who you are and how great you are. Somewhere out there, there's someone who's not gonna like you and who's not gonna treat you well. So you have to be kind to yourself and women hate themselves on their bodies all the time, daily. And it just, it's so sad. It's so sad. And some of these women live in tiny bodies. Some of them live in average bodies. Some of them live in larger bodies. It doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't matter. It's like we've just been ingrained to think whatever we are is not good enough. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking for me. Well, I think, Sammy, going back to like group and it's, it's, it's just so, it's kind of poignant to say too that we started group right at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, I think we had two, two sessions and then the pandemic started and it's like, oh yeah, let's talk about coping skills. <laughs> <laughs> it literally, I think that was like the week we talked about emotional eating and like coping yeah. with kindness was like, we were like, okay, so there's a pandemic and like, yeah. that like worked really nicely. The world is going to close down. And then Stacy, we were all like, okay, 
and then it's like none of us could go like go to go go work out or move or anything and then we're like and then this the discussion of food became like what would we do if like we had to restrict or we had to be on some sort of on some sort of diet and it was like it, it became it was it was almost again it was like this fortuitous thing where we started this group and we were each other's support system through like this unprecedented and I hate using that term because it, if I hear it one more time I'll pull my hair out but like this unprecedented time but intuitive eating became this this coping skill that we all use during like the pandemic which of course is still going and 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 will probably still be going through 2021 but it's just so it's so crazy and now like Stacy to your point what people are not realizing is that we had all this undue stress added to us this year and people are like oh i put on the covid the covid x the covid y and it's like well you had like you probably had kids at home that you didn't expect to be home with you or you're working from home or you lost your job or you know the world literally is a dumpster fire of course you have these things and that's what this program teaches you too is that it's not just a black and white situation like there are a lot of gray areas to give yourself grace and i mean that's what you've got to allow yourself and with body image i mean that's definitely an area that is tough it's tough and it is I mean, I'm going to give her a shout out because I love her so much, but body image with Brie, Brie Campos, Brie, I love you. Like I started working with her through Sammy again, like it's a, it's a, a connected group that people work together. And I started working with her through this group too. And like grieving the body that you're never going to have is okay. It's okay that I'm not going to have a smaller body and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having a body that is mine and having a very, and do you think that I never thought a year ago when I wrote that to Sammy, that I would sit in this seat and say those words out loud, that I am okay with who I am in this body. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing, like not waiting to live your life for a number on a scale and just living your life, period, so. So profound. I do have your initial thoughts on your body if you guys- Oh yes, let's do it. You know, why not? I mean, why not? And we don't have to, but- Let's do it. I wanna hear what I said. All right, let me pull up you, Tiffany, because I was on Stacey's page. Give me one sec. And yes, I'm so happy you shot, shouted out to Body Image with Brie. For those who are listening, um, in our Fine Food Freedom course, we absolutely have Brie do an entire section on body image, and we refer anyone over to her um, if it ever feels out of our scope. Okay, let's see. So we are going to forms. Here we go. Okay. 
I don't even know what I said on this one. I, I'm kind of. You didn't write a lot in your forms in the beginning. So that's, a, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I it's just like. Either, a, yeah. Which is shocking because I'm very vocal. I was going to say, this is so unlike you. Like you <laughs> usually give so much detail. Um, <laughs> okay. So this question said, describe. Okay. So describe your current relationship with your body. Tiffany wrote, it is definitely a mixed bags and a mixed bag in regards to how I feel about my body. There are things I love and there are things that I loathe much like all things in my life. I'm getting better with my relationship with my body and trying to feel comfortable in my own skin. I would say at that point, I, there are things that for me, I liked and I loathed. I, th I would say I was more loathed. And the fact that I use the word loathe kind of gives you that clue. Um, I, I, I tell, I tell this story to Sammy and I think I said this in the, I think I said this in the live too, but the reason I started working with Brie is a few months ago, I was in my apartment and kind of walking down this hallway and I came to a mirror and I stood in front of the mirror and I just looked at myself. I'm like, how could anybody love how, how could anybody love me look at me and um rick my my partner looks at me and he goes i wish that you could see what everybody else sees and what i see in you and i woke up the next morning and i was like well that's kind of fucked up and i realized that i needed to start seeing what other people saw in me because i haven't ever including like you know my mom and my mom is has always been she's always has said that she's like oh tiffany I, i'm going to do your voice oh tiffany i wish that you could see what we see in you you know and i would and i would say you know well i don't and then working with brie what i've learned with her is that it's okay that you don't love your body it's okay to not love your body it's okay to just be neutral about it. And, um, and that's okay. And I think that that's what I would tell your audience as well is like, it's okay to just be okay. And I, and I think that this is all just a, it's a long journey. It's, it's it, like with anything in our life, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon and everything that we do these are all coping skills and a way to, it's a lifetime journey and not some sprint that gets you through a few days, you know? It's really well put. And I think it's important to call, to call that out is that this is a, this is a lifetime of work. Yeah. Um, and I think so many times on Instagram, intuitive eating gets bubbled down to like, eat whatever the fuck you want, stop dieting. And body positivity is just girls jiggling their rolls and being like, I love my body. And that's like, that's great. If somebody loves their body, I'm not dissing someone from loving their body, but, but people seeing that isn't, that's not going to necessarily help anybody. Right. And, and so that's where it's being able to exactly like you said, just like assess the current relationships that you have with food with your body, being very honest 
and just saying, where am I at with these relationships? And, but not judging or shaming where we're at, but just being able to recognize it and saying, okay, where do, where am I at? Where do I want to be? And, and where do I go from here? Right. Because if you think that if, if people start thinking that I have to love my body, then people feel like there's shame and not loving your body too. So then you have to kind of balance it out and say, it's okay to just be, to just be and be neutral. And so for me, like those thoughts about loathing are very fleeting now where they used to be a lot more obsessive. Yeah. So and to me, that's a win compared to a year ago. Huge. No. It's huge. Yeah. Stacy, I'm going to give you the option. Do you want me to read yours or do you want me to give you an off the cuff question? I don't know. Was I an asshole? Did I sound no. like an asshole? <laughs> no, I just didn't want to put you on the spot and say, you have to do this. I know Tiffany was excited and ready. No, so I didn't. I'll do okay. it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I have no idea what I said, so please forgive me if I sound like an asshole. <laughs> you don't sound like an asshole. Oh, you never sound like an asshole. No, not at all. And I, and again, I think these are awesome reflections to, again, just say, okay, this was then, where are we at now? So this is Stacy's answer for describe your current relationship with your body. I am currently in a fairly accepting relationship with my body. I am 100% in tune with having flaws and that being okay and not striving for an air quotes perfect body. I feel pretty confident in my own skin 90% of the time. However, I do sometimes have to give myself a nice long pep talk to keep going with that kind of attitude. I do sometimes find myself in a place of being too concerned with my weight and how I look. Yeah. Well, that's all lies. I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. When I read that, like okay. <laughs> I'm 90%, 90% of the time confident. I was like, that doesn't match up with what I've heard. So Okay. But when, when I think about that, I, I have to go back to, I was, I mean, literally that person who was talking was living in her smallest body. Mm -hmm. I was at my leanest, you know, I was lifting a lot. I was very lean for me. Um, you know, if you stack me up against the Insta fitness models, I was not so lean, but for me in my life. So, I mean, See, I did sound like an asshole. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't at all. I think it comes back to what you were talking about earlier with the, the external validation. You were probably yeah. saying like, I'm okay with it because others are okay with it. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like when I, I say the thing about I'm okay with having flaws, but at that point in my life, I probably had the least amount of flaws. <laughs> so people will probably watch us and think, well, what's that batshit crazy girl doing this for then? If she, you know, like, I, that's, hmm. That's really strange because I, I don't know, maybe it was the every day of me trying, fine tuning something, you know, working on something and, and whatever. But I feel like probably somewhere inside 90% may have been an inflated number. 
Well, I think it's also important to recognize that with our bodies, like I'm sure you guys can relate to this. I know between all my clients or even just practical experience of a relationship with my own body is that there's some days that you wake up and you're like, I'm feeling pretty good, right? Like things are good. And then there's other days that you're like, okay, holy shit, don't look in the mirror. Like it's one of those days or, you know, whatever it is. And so I think, I think these answers are very, like they can ebb and flow, like depending on what day we caught you on, right? Did you just come Mm -hmm. from the gym where you were getting praised for what your body looked like? You know, what was the experience that day? We have no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But one, one question I do want to ask you, Stacey, and then we'll flip it over to Tiffany as well. Cause you did mention that when you started this group, you resided in the smallest body that you had been in, in your adult life. And something I know we talked about on your Instagram live was just how your health has changed mm-hmm. and how you may not be in that same body from when you started, but your bill of health that you were given at a doctor's appointment mm-hmm. is the best that it's ever been. So if you don't mind just touching on that with whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. So, um, through my journey, when I started, like you said, smallest body, definitely the leanest I'd ever been, you know, um, I I was very big into exercise and work, working out. Um, during that time though, I was, I was diagnosed with high cholesterol. So I was taking cholesterol medication. Now it is genetic. It does run in my family, but still it was, it was very, very high. I was taking medication for a long time. Um, and just maybe a year ago, I don't know for sure with the numbers, I decided I didn't want to take the medication anymore. Um, and through this journey now, I can honestly sit here and say that my body is not as small as it was when I started. Um, it, it has definitely changed and that's fine. That's good. However, I went off the meds and my cholesterol dropped dramatically. Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff together, you know, I my diet has changed drastically, drastically. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, I eat more food. I eat more consistently. I eat all the food groups, every single one of them. Even fruit, (laughs) even fruit and all the bread. (laughs) And yes, my body has changed, but obviously there was something, there had to be something to do with the way I was eating, with the way I was treating my body that was affecting my cholesterol, because you would think when I went off the meds, it would have gone through the roof. Instead, it's gone way down. Like to the point, it's still higher than whatever, you know, like the baseline that they say is the baseline. But my doctor is very much like, you don't need to take anything. Like when we run your ratios and some magic, I don't know. you know yeah (laughs) then they're like you don't you don't even need to be on anything anymore where they were concerned when I went off that it could be an issue so you know larger body healthier body 
right. it's amazing right <laughs> and I think that that comes back to like our bot that's the whole basis of intuitive eating is putting that trust in our body of like I'm going to listen to you body. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to nourish you. I'm going to hydrate you. I'm going to rest you. And you're going to end up where you want to be. And I'm going to trust that's where it needs to be. And there's still in all of our heads, it's so ingrained that smaller is healthier. Smaller is better, you know, but this is a very keen example that your body ended up where it's happiest at and your healthier for that mentally, physically, ev like everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's just so, so important. And, and thank you so, so much for sharing that. And I know Tiffany, you had a, you shared with me, you had a similar experience where you went to the doctor and you're like all the yeah. markers. Yeah. I went to the doctor and you know, all of, all of my markers are, are great. And and I mean, my, I have, my body is unchanged. And to me, it's like, they're there. They always, doctors will always want to bring up the, the issue of, oh, you need to lose weight. And I just want to tell women, particularly that you have the option to tell them that is not true. Because if your health is fine and you're coming back and, and you're, all the markers are great. And even not like if someone wants, if a doctor comes to you and says that, like I told my doctors, like, if you're going to tell me to go on a, a 1200 calorie diet, I tell you, I've been on a 1200 calorie diet. I'm miserable. I, it, it does not work for me. It's not fun. I, I don't, I, it's not a pleasant experience for me. I'm hangry all the time. Back to Stacy's earlier point, people do not like to be around me. Um, and I'm not getting the nutrition that I need. And I do not want to go back to that place where my, my mind and my body is constantly in this flight or flight mode of where is my next meal coming from? And I don't have that flight or flight mode anymore on my day-to-day -day basis. And I just think about all the time in my life that I spent wasting on like, oh, let me document what I ate today, how many calories are in this. And I mean, all of these things that, that did not work. And honestly, for me, I just have to I have to take, you have to take a stand for your own body too and, and find doctors that are going to support you and, and be able to support yourself. And for me, like that was my doctor came to me and she's like, your, your numbers are fine and you, you're fine. And there's nothing about you that is unhealthy. And, and she's like, you have a condition, like I'll say it because I have PCOS and PCOS is known to cause X, Y, Z. And, and it's a condition that they treat. It's one that they treat the symptoms. They, they don't know how to treat the actual condition. So it's one of those things that you have to be your best advocate because you're going to be your only advocate sometimes. And I think that that's one thing that I've learned over the years of having, having things happen and, 
I've said this in group before, when I was 23 years old, I had a bilateral pulmonary embolism. And during that time, I was in my smallest body. I had a bilateral pulmonary embolism. If people don't know what that is. I had blood clots in both of my lungs. I almost died. And I was in my smallest body. And at that time, I just remember they, they were feeding me and giving me liquids to nourish my body. And I remember thinking, I'm going to gain weight. That was the thought that was in my mind. Now, looking back on that time period, the thing that I think of is that my body got me through that and my body needed nourishment. So what I would just say is that be your best advocate, be your best health advocate and know that your body is going to tell you when it needs nourishment and health. So, yes. And thank you for bringing up that point of like, you can set those boundaries with your medical professional. And if there are people that are in larger bodies that are listening to this and you maybe are suffering with a health condition or get a lab value that is out of normal range, um, we're going to, I'm actually going to be doing a whole podcast on this alone is like weight stigma in the doctor's office. But my question that I pose to any medical professional who is telling people in larger bodies that weight loss is the answer is what is the advice that you would give to somebody in a smaller body with that same medical condition? You would not tell them to lose weight. So what are you telling them if they have high cholesterol, if they have a hernia, if they have PCOS, that's the care that we need to give to people in all bodies. Right. And whew, I could get heated on that. Topic. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but we will, we'll save that for a part two, but also we have a, a podcast coming out with Julie Dillon, which I'm going to be excited to share with you, Tiffany. She's the food peace dietitian and she's all about intuitive eating PCOS. Yes. And- I follow her on the Instagram. I love yes. her. Yeah. She's awesome. She's great. Um, Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think a great way to kind of tie this episode with a bow is I'm going to throw it back to you ladies. I'm going to start with Tiffany. What is your current relationship with food? Like if you had to describe it, that's a loaded question. No, um, my current relationship with food is a very peaceful one. I, I honestly, it's, it's crazy to say, but I don't think about it. And when you've spent 35 years of your life thinking about what you're going to have for like for food every day and don't think about food, it's a very freeing feeling. And I think that what I would say to people who are either wanting to try the intuitive eating journey or women, especially like if there's fear about, oh, what if I gain weight or if there's fear about X, Y, Z, whatever those fears are, I want you to think about all the time you spent going to meetings or go or journaling or tracking or whatever that is. And think about the time you could have spent doing something else, honestly. I, I mean, that's just how I, I, I think about it. And I don't think about those things anymore. And when I'm hungry, I eat. And I, and it's not something that I have shame about anymore. So if I want a cupcake these days, I don't sit there and say, man, I wish I could have a cupcake and think, oh, look at those lucky people 
that can have a cupcake. I like actually have a cupcake and it's with no shame and no morality tied to a cupcake because I can tell you that cupcake is just food. It's not good, it's not bad, it's just food. And I think to be able to say that food is just food has been the most freeing thing. So last year when I started this journey and thought, oh, I'm gonna lose weight and this is gonna be great. I didn't realize that the real journey I needed to take was freeing myself from morality of food and saying, I'm gonna go into my 40th, <laughs> my fourth decade on this planet thinking, I'm just gonna be free of, of food morale, like thinking that food morality is tied to food and just have freedom from it and just be like, I'm gonna eat the damn cupcake. And that's been the most rewarding thing. So, and, and meeting amazing people like Stacy, who lives two states away from me and I would have never met her and never met somebody like Sammy. So to me, that's the most amazing thing about everything about this so well thank you so much for that and for sharing that so Stacy we're handing it over to you we're gonna we're gonna rewrite the answer to that question what okay. is your current relationship with food like if you had to describe it so much like Tiffany it's it's just kind of there I mean I can say through in the beginning of our journey I definitely went through this crazed binge period. Um, you had a post up today, Sammy, about like, if you don't, if you have a fear of a, having a food in your house because you can't control yourself around it, it's your relationship with food that needs the work. And my life then was so very restrictive with food that that was very much the case with me. And I always remember that I would joke, and this is so funny, I would joke and say, like I can't have Cool Ranch Doritos in my house because that's my jam. And once I open the bag, I'm eating the whole damn thing. Like there's no question. I don't care if it's like a party size or this size. I'm eating the whole thing. I can't, I can't not eat it. And I just want everybody to know that I've had the same bag of Cool Ranch Doritos <laughs> in my pantry for, I mean, they're, pro they're probably stale by now. Like that's where I've come, if that means anything to you, like that's the perfect analogy of where I've come with my relationship. Um, I was super nervous in the beginning because during that kind of binge cycle, I didn't know if it was just me and it was never gonna end. Like, right. is this just who I am? Am I ever, and it went right back to that control factor. Am I ever gonna be able to control this? where in reality, it's not something that you need to control. The fact that I'm, I'm okay eating pasta yeah. than once every three months. <laughs> you know, I'm okay eating it once, however many times a week I want. I'll eat it every day if I want to. It's fine. I'm okay eating bread every day. I keep cookies in my pantry. I keep Doritos, you know? And I really almost like not noticing it happened, it just happened with time where I keep all those things. I have them, I eat them when I want them. 
I had very, very, very few times of where I feel out of control or binging. Not that it never happens to me anymore where I get kind of spun out on something and I overeat, you know, but I have very many, much fewer incidences of that. Like I don't feel that way anymore. I don't, I almost sometimes don't even think about it. Right. I, I, don't sit, I used to sit and I'd be eating breakfast and I would start thinking about what I was going to eat next. Like yeah. what I'm going to eat for lunch. Now I just eat because I'm hungry and I stop. And then it might be two hours. It might be four hours. But when I'm hungry again, I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. It's time to eat. I don't care if it's two hours or it's four hours. When I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. Right. So it's been, you know, and I see people say that a lot, like, oh, I'm just going to be out of control. I can't, it, it's, it, people are just eating whatever they want and they're just, it's so unhealthy because you're just eating whatever you want. Well, that's, that's just an effect of all the restriction, right. you know, the binge is effect. It's the cause and effect method. It's, true you know it's science <laughs> so it's it's amazing I mean my my relationship with food is like Tiffany said it's food food I'm gonna eat it I'm gonna be okay with it and I'm gonna move on with my life right sorry yeah thank you both so much for sharing that and that was such I I'm so happy I dug up those old answer or those old answers because it was so cool to kind of start with that, have everything in the middle and then kind of come full circle in this episode and, and bring it back to where you're at now. And, um, you know, for anybody listening, this is not about having a perfect relationship with food. Like we are human beings. We will overeat or eat to a point of physical unpleasantness. Again, all three of us here and anybody listening because we're humans. Um, but this is just about having that compassion for ourselves to feed ourselves regularly, nourish our body and, and just not feel shame around food anymore. Um, which is, so, so cool. So thank you both so much for being here and sharing your stories. And I'm so excited for this to reach thousands and thousands of people. Thank you for having us. Tammy, thank you for everything. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for a lot more fun.